Pandering to the right is lucrative and can make you extremely popular. Let's suppose that the standard Republican take about the supposed left-wing bias of MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and so on are true. It's not. This is a gross simplification that calls liberal orthodoxy left and then ignores all of the coverage that doesn't even meet that standard, but let's accept it for the sake of argument. So let's imagine that these outlets are all radical left propaganda organs. And let's also suppose, to accept another exaggerated claim, that if you depart from this radical left orthodoxy and dare to take a Republican position on anything, you will be blackmailed from this entire ecosystem that all of these journalists will do everything they can to destroy your reputation. And this is a wild overstatement of what actually happens, but for the moment, let's pretend it's accurate. So, does this mean that your career will be ruined and you'll be shut out from society as a pariah? Of course not. That's because even if we pretend that the radical left dominates the media in the United States, there's still obviously a very large right-wing media market. The right has the most watched cable news network. The right has a whole galaxy of news outlets, from the Wall Street Journal to the Free Beacon to the New York Post to Reason to the National Review to the Daily Wire to the Daily Caller to Newsmax to the Epoch Times to Breitbart to American Greatness to American Mind to the American Conservative. Nearly all of AM political talk radio to the endless parade of individual ventures, you know, like Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro, to all of the dark money funded ventures like the Federalist Chronicles and so on and so on. This, of course, is just media that is aligned with the GOP more or less explicitly. So if we add so-called independent outlets and voices, you know, like InfoWars and Andrew Sullivan, and along with Democrats that no sane person would consider left-wing, even by U.S. standards, you know, people like Jennifer Rubin, um, the right-wing media sphere is even bigger. So if you want to become extremely rich, then you probably have a somewhat better shot in liberal media than in right-wing media, sure. Though the odds of either happening are, of course, just tiny, infinitesimal. If you just want to make a living and, you know, maybe go on the occasional upscale happy hour or land an interview with a famous politician or something like that, the chances of making it in left or right media are about even, I think. They, you know, they might even be slightly better on the right because good jobs on the left are all concentrated into a small number of large outlets, right? So you only have like a some of these big cable news networks and stuff like that, and you have to get a job with one of these larger outlets. Whereas they're spread across a whole large number of small outlets on the right. Okay, And while getting a left media gig often demands a prestige degree and knowing somebody and the ability to intern for an extended period of time without pay, you know, just kind of the standard uh, barriers to entry that you have in mainstream media, the barriers to entry on the right seem to be a lot lower. 
and particularly given sort of the conscious systematic efforts that the right is always making to cultivate and promote new media personalities. That's something that's very different from what you see on the left. So what if you just want to be popular, right? Well, again, if you want to be some kind of top-tier A-list celebrity megastar, then sure, liberal media is probably the way to go. Though, you know, like with getting rich, the odds of this actually happening are still tiny even then. But, you know, if all you want is like a lot of adoring Twitter followers or people who will praise you and defend you from critics and, you know, maybe people who will subscribe to your Substack or your Patreon, uh, in that case, it just isn't plausible to argue that going into left media gives you any kind of clear advantage, right? Like if all you want is that, colleagues who will promote your work and perhaps even help you advance your career, you're going to find plenty of fellow travelers on the right. So, you know, spend five minutes listening to right-wing media, or, you know, even for that matter, some of our supposedly independent media, and you'll eventually be told something quite different from what I've laid out here. The media, we are told, is so thoroughly dominated by the left that breaking with the left is always a huge risk to one's career and reputation. And for this reason, even the most odious or insane expressions of heterodoxy can be construed as brave free-thinking. So, you know, uh, an example is there's this tweet from Glenn Greenwald yesterday, um, which is typical. It shows uh, the hosts of Red Scare um, standing with Alex Jones, and he says, on top of the obvious outrages here of interviewing someone formally placed on the capital prohibited capital list, Anakachian and nobody stop me, cross state lines, multiple ones, in fact, in order to do this. Okay. So here Glenn is promoting a guest appearance by uh, Alex Jones on Red Scare. And yeah, this is something that liberals and leftists are going to object to. But why doesn't Glenn specify that? You know, why does he refer to the prohibited list like there's only one? And if you pay much attention to Glenn, then you know the answer to all of these questions. He's convinced himself that the liberal left domination of our media and discourse is just so absolute that any divergence from it at all is this heroic act of free thinking courage. You know, Glenn will routinely argue that if you don't adhere to certain liberal left orthodoxies, this will just completely ruin your reputation, your career. So like a while back, he uh, makes this argument where he says that I cater what I say to staying on TV is moronic. If that were true, why did I spend 2016-17 saying all the things that would inevitably alienate me from MSNBC and CNN? If being on TV were my goal, I'd have been a fanatical Russia gator and Trump is Hitler hysteric. And that's Glenn's argument. So, you know, I happen to think that his criticism over the years of the media on Russiagate was generally sound and that it was really unfair and predictable that this would end in his exile from MSNBC and CNN. You know, that's just what happens. Um, I also think, unlike some of his critics, 
that some of his appearances on Fox have been totally defensible. So, like, you know, his appearance on Tucker to pitch a pardon for Edward Snowden a while back when Trump was leaving office, that was utterly benign, even if you don't think that it was likely to succeed. There was nothing wrong with it. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Bringing a wildly popular figure like Alex Jones onto a podcast with this audience that clearly approves of this sort of thing, this isn't a career risk. If anything, it's going to bring Red Scare even more attention and more subscribers. And seeing, you know, similarly, defending Donald Trump from literally anything, it's not going to get you banned from television. If anything, it makes it more likely that you're going to get appearances on Fox News. And doing any of this is obviously going to bring all kinds of aggressive partisan journalists and posters into your tw- Twitter mentions, sure. But if you think this isn't something that happens when you have a large media profile and say anything political whatsoever, you're living in another universe. Now, the, the truly bizarre thing about this rhetoric to me is that if we take seriously the notion that left heretics get permanently blacklisted and ostracized, it follows directly that pandering to the rights the only option any victimized journalist will have left. And that's true even if we incorrectly pretend that right-wing career paths and right-wing audiences are much, much smaller than those which can be found on the left. So, you know, if you've been booted off MSNBC and CNN, this makes it more likely that you'll pander to the right, not less. And this doesn't require courage or independent thought. It just means that you have a sort of minimally self-interested assessment of the options that you have left. So what I'm going to say now, it's going to be ignored. I'm going to say it anyway. I'm not suggesting that our media and our discourse is friendly to heterodox thought or that there isn't a very clear ideology that both aggressively enforce and often at great social and financial costs. You know, in fact, there is a politics for which everything we've said about the right here does hold true, but it's socialism. If you even identify as a socialist, it's just vanishingly unlikely that you'll be able to make a living working for any media firm, liberal or conservative. Even if you do get a job with one, you'll generally not be allowed to make decisively socialist arguments. So, you know, you'll be allowed to say as a socialist and then endorse some fairly ordinary progressive position, but that's it. Today, the socialist boutique media job markets almost entirely consist of few staff positions at Jacobin, a handful of even smaller outlets, and then there's, you know, relative handful of podcasters and streamers and bloggers who are making maybe, in some cases, they're making full-time living. Some of them are doing well, but not many. And that's it. And of course, you know, if you make standard socialist points about capitalism, you're not just going to find yourself at odds with partisans on one side of the aisle. You're going to run into problems with all of them. So, you know, Elizabeth Warren may stand and applaud Donald Trump when he says that America will never be a socialist nation. But if you suggest that this is because they both share the same economic ideology, 
you're going to find yourself faced with an unholy alliance of these squishy liberal PMCs and these hard right boat dealers, and they're all going to be yelling at you. So, you know, if you're looking for a media market without the sort of financial and social incentives that encourage careerism and opportunism, uh, which is what our media is sort of wringing its fingers about half the time, wringing its hands rather, you're never going to find that, okay? But if you're looking for the one that will get you as little money as possible and as little popularity as possible and that you'll have as few conflicts of interest as you could possibly have. Socialism's as good as it gets. <laughs>